say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that has never been roommates with a demon, unless you count demon-like robots. This is Hysteria 51. I'm going to choose to take that as a compliment. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we are your hosts and lead demonologists in this spiritual scavenger hunt. I'm John Goforth, and this is Brent Hand. Oh, thank you, John. And I think spiritual scavenger hunt is right. This week's haunting, it's a doozy, as I guess most hauntings are, but this one is up there. Before we get there, though, John, uh, we got some guests this week, some returning guests. Yeah, sure. Just go ahead and skip over the heart and soul of the show. You mean Kyle? Cheese muffins. Cheese muffins. Cheese muffins. Cheese 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 muffins. Words hurt, John. Words hurt. Words hurt. Hurt. Love hurts. Love scars. Love cars car wash. Working at the car wash yet. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Quickly, that first voice is the third host of the show and the resident asshole. His name is Conspiracy Bot. And then somewhere along the way, he decided to build his own robot minion, uh, much like Brent did with him. And that really strange voice you heard after that is that guy, Kyle. They both suck. <laughs> well, it's finally happened. I've been relegated to a dual intro with the tink and I made barely sentient. This is a dark, dark day. Not for me. I literally couldn't care less about this dumpster fire of a podcast. But it is a sad day for the listeners. They're only here for the baddest bot in the business. The dirty... The nasty, the sexy, conspiracy bot. Okay, great. Anyway, like I said, we got some guests, John. That's right, Brent. Let's welcome back to the show. Uh, first, for probably, oh, he's certainly the second most returning, and he soon will catch up with Joe Peck, I think. Yeah. It's Kevin Crispin. His name is... And the bumper... <laughs> Kevin! Yes! Yes, that is my name. I once asked my mother, I said, Mom, why was I named Kevin? Now, uh, I had to write a paper on my name because I went to college at Southern Illinois University. <laughs> That's what we did. That's what we did. And uh, I called my mom once and I said, hey, why was I uh, Why was I named Kevin? Which was, sounded good with Kelly. I said, okay then. Well, <laughs> this is going to be a short paper. Kevin is still confined in his uh, side of Chicago in the heart of the city because we are still on quarantine. So we're all John and I are 30 miles away from each other. Kevin, you're a little closer to me. You're about what? 15 miles away. So I'd say about that. Yeah. We can't mm-hmm. smell each other, but uh, yeah. So well, probably yeah. a good thing. You know, um, I think that's a Brent. That's a you put the ball in the tee there. You know, last time we spoke with Kevin on this show was towards the beginning of the pandemic where things were much more uncertain. Uh, not that they aren't uncertain now, but much more uncertain. And um, I think Kevin was mixing equal parts Zoloft and fetal position thumb sucking uh, to get through the days. Uh, Kevin, what has changed? How are you feeling? How are you dealing? Uh, what has changed is I'm really up for thumb sucking uh, fetal <laughs> position. And uh, as I cower into my own body and just wait for the inexorable march of time to take over me, 
I, uh, you know, just hope for sunny days and no more of these clouds. Um, I've gotten used to my uh, mask and uh, I'm afraid of everything. Blue skies will clear up. Yeah, blue skies. We got another returning guest, uh, the author himself. With three initials, because you need that if you're an author, I guess. Uh, who has his own bumper also? Mr. J.T.R. for Rowdy Brown. Oh, look. It's J.T. Brown. Yay. <laughs> hey, so welcome. And the last time when we talked, your 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 book was getting ready to come out, Your your new book. Now it's officially out. I actually have it. I have not read it yet. Oh, that's all right. I'm going to continue to pester you until you read it and give me a favorable favorable review. I know. I'm. 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 I will. I promise. But I haven't <laughs> got to it. It's in. It's in the pile, yeah. uh, along with your first book I bought too. So uh, uh, look at you. You're doing. So the I got. Deep I have dive. three of you on my shelf now. <laughs> that's and, deep. And, Trinity. And you should actually feel pretty good about that, JT. Most of the time when he ha- says to someone he has three of you on his shelf, he's referring to the voodoo dolls that he has mm. handcrafted and sticks pins in regularly. Right, yeah, but I don't I, have any balls of his hair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't yeah, that's true. I got I just got a haircut last night. I'll send you some up. Yeah, that'll be perfect. That'll be perfect. I'll need that too, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and you I've got enough that you can plug it in where you need to, buddy. <laughs> oh man, I, you bastards! JT, tell everyone about your book that just came out. Okay, well, so it's a short story collection called "Machines and Fever Dreams," uh, and it is uh, a mashup science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Uh, if you like Philip K. Dick, if you like Neil Gaiman, things of that nature, and maybe right up your alley. Uh, and then, of course, my magnum opus, "Scab Among the Stars," which is my novel. Uh, which uh, two-thirds of my uh, co-hosts have also read. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's also Dark Fantasy Horror. Not to be confused with Gofo's doctor report scab among the genitals. (laughs) 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 Whoa. Dang. Yeah, that's chapter seven. Uh, Uh, If I may say. Available on on Amazon, uh, you know, ebook or paperback. So I have the ebook, uh, John Thomas, and uh, you know I uh, I have not finished it, but I've read a number of the stories in there, and I have to say that they are uh, really engaging and they're really interesting takes, you know, kind of on, on where we are as a society now. So I, I definitely highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you, when you said a mixture of sci-fi and horror, I'm like, oh, were you watching the news? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of horror, though, we do kind of have a little bit of a horror story this week that we're going to get into. Yeah. Yeah, John, you want to tee us up with what we got going on? Yeah. So, well, well, we're going to get to uh, a haunting that might or might not involve demons. Um, as part of this haunting, uh, you'll hear in the story later, they move. They go from one house to another. And so I thought before we got into the actual story, I want to go around the, the virtual table uh, what is the worst reason that you've had to move out of a place? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, it could be a demon. It could also be, you know, a bad water leak, <laughs> uh, a smell, um, uh, people, place, anything. Uh, what What is the worst reason that you've had to move out of a place? I got married. Does that count? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I moved because I left college, you know, and I moved back home after that, you know, or to Springfield or I bought a house or, you know, I got married. So then I moved in with my wife. I don't have any, any like harrowing stories. I once had to leave a house for three days because we had a gas leak, uh, and they had to literally Ooh, open the windows and all that scary. stuff. And we, yeah. they taped the doors with seal tape so that we couldn't go in. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's like it split open. It was bad. And, I, like, me and a roommate had a headache, and we actually called. And, yeah, so, but we didn't move out because of that. So I don't have any good story there. That is scary, though. Uh, a fairly yeah. humorous and horrendous reason. I didn't exactly leave because of this. I just got to escape it because I got to go home for the summer. Um, Kevin, do you remember my college apartment, the, uh, aptly named donut rock fire metalhead hotel? Did you ever come and visit? Um, I'm trying to think if I did or not. Um, it's not coming to mind, but that doesn't mean I didn't go there. So it was, it was bad enough that we had three smelly dudes in a one bedroom apartment, uh, that was owned by the college, but then two of our friends got evicted. And so we allowed them to sleep on our floor. So that was five smelly wild dudes in a one bedroom one bathroom apartment and uh, wow i was the cleanest of the group which is a very very low bar uh and i just remember reaching my breaking point when um someone had acted like they were going to do the dishes but it just left the soap in with the dirty dishes and it congealed into like a creme brulee type covering (laughs) And I had to break my hand through it to pull out the plug to let it go out. And I just said, I'm out. And I went home for the weekend. Uh, and uh, eventually the, the the squatters, as we called them, did leave. But they stayed for several months because they were not um, <clears throat> very motivated. Wow. Wow. Wow, I was wow. right. Uh, one bedroom. One Think bathroom. of that every time. Yeah. Kevin, what about you? Bed bugs. Mm. Yeah. Mm, that'll do it. Yeah. Way worse. Uh, uh, I had the bed bugs, and um, let me tell you something, man. Uh, I didn't know what to do, and I I had to name them something. I had to come up with something to get through the joking uh, joke about it. So I called them the Freedom Caucus. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, uh, I had bed bugs, and my uh, property company was like, you know, we can save the bed if you just – I said, no saving of any bed. I need it out. And I threw so much away. So it, it it was a good thing in that sense. But man, uh, I, I do not wish those on anybody. But Mark David Chapman, bed bugs are terrible. Yeah, little little known fact: uh, Marie Kondo got her start because of bed bugs. Huh. That's not true. I just made that up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but you 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 uh you, hey you were on the uh, cleaning your life of things way before. Marie Kondo because of bed bugs. I'm still waiting for my royalty check. So mine, <laughs> mine's not like awful, awful. It, it sucked. I, I so my first apartment in St. Louis, Missouri, after I had uh, graduated from college, um, I, I got an apartment with a guy that I knew from college, but wasn't like close friends with. Which a lot of times, living situation wise, that actually works out better. Your close friends you wind up yeah. fighting more with, whatever. Uh, this time it didn't. Uh, he didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. We were just very different people. Um. He had a dog. His dog uh, didn't enjoy, um, you know, being potty trained. So, you know, he'd pee on my stuff a lot. Um, that wasn't great. Um, we, 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 we just wound up found, finding out that we were very different people and we, we didn't spend a lot of time together. Uh, you know, a lot of times with roommates, you watch movies together, blah, blah, blah. Um, it just didn't work out well. But 
the impetus for me moving. So he moved out, uh, but the pro- the problem was before he moved out, uh, his dog had gotten fleas, and mm. and they were they were bad. Like they were. Uh, if you're wearing white socks and you walk around the apartment, you can look down at your feet and see him jumping off your socks bad. Oh. And so I, I gas bomb or flea bombed the place three or four times and it just didn't work. It just flat out didn't work. They were, I don't know if these were the post apocalyptic fleas that, you know, were just immune or what, but they felt like they were laughing at me or they had like little flea gas masks or something. <laughs> so he's gone. His, his little dog is gone. And I'm still there. Uh, dealing with fleas that I didn't even bring into the house in a place that smells like pee. Uh, I mean, it just wasn't great. That's so, bad. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I would say that you were kind of underselling that a little bit, John. That sounds pretty damn bad. So I left. I left and uh, and certainly, you know, uh, certainly asked him to pay his side of the, the remainder of the lease, uh, which he did, you know. Flea in the night, clutching your baby to your breast. I didn't. I, I didn't have a baby. Uh, I had an Xbox, so perhaps uh, in that <laughs> sense, yes. Yeah, yeah. In that sense. Uh, um, also, while I lived there, someone got murdered in the Fuck complex. Yes. It wasn't great. It wasn't wow. a great. It wasn't a great uh, six months or so. Wow is right. So yeah, that was. Uh, it wasn't great, but uh, it wasn't like uh, you know uh, a demonic possession, which is tonight's topic. Yeah, the family that we're going to be talking about, the Smurl family, says they had a much better reason or worse reason, depending on how you want to look at it, to be leaving a home than fleas or bed bugs or uh, congealed uh, food water. (laughs) Can I I just say name of my punk band, by the way? Congealed food water? That's great. Can I just say um, Smurl? Great name. If I ever have a pet dragon, which I plan on having one day, I'm going to name it Smurl. Mine is Balthazar Alistain, but that's, you know, different reasons. I feel like you're just inviting demonic possession by having that last name because it sounds like a demonic name. To me, the Smurls is is like that Saturday morning cartoon show uh, we all wanted to watch, but the Smurfs beat it out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Smurfs derivative. (laughs) (laughs) Go Smurl yourself. Yeah. (laughs) So the Smurl haunting. Let's get into this, kids. Uh, We are in West... Pittston, Pennsylvania, born and raised. And it was a bad place to live, they say, from 1974 to 1989. This is 15 years that this story takes place. And why is it? Well, we already told you too many damn demons. It's almost... It's almost like the vampires <laughs> in the Lost Boys. Well, this one just had too many damn demons instead of vampires. <laughs> oh, the movie? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm like slow on you right now. I'm like, what? slow on the uptake, man. Come on. Gili reference. Yeah. So at least that's what Jack and Janet Smurl claim. And you got to love when they have a firsty firsty that has the same initial. So we're in for a doozy this week. A little story about Jack and Janet yeah, and that and so yeah, they that's Down what Jack and Janet freeze. say. Or rather, one was freeloading on them and living in the house rent free. The demon, that bastard. So, I know, man. They're always trying to get fucking something from you for nothing. And yeah. this story, and the reason we're talking about it is it caught national attention, became a book and a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, made for TV. <laughs> it's better than your ass <laughs> will ever do. <laughs> But yeah, I, anyway. Can I just say this might be the first time I've agreed with Seabot on the <laughs> made for TV. I mean, does that really count? I yeah, mean, well. It's not the burning bed, is it? I mean, that was a great movie. The burning bed. Why he cheats, starring Meredith Baxter Burney. <laughs> uh, 
just I, I just watched a made for TV miniseries. I guess I think I'm behind the times here, uh, but I watched Waco from a few years back with Taylor Kitsch in it. Yeah, I watched good. it. I have it. I haven't watched. It. Oh, spectacular! It's really good. Yeah, I would like to. I haven't seen that, but obviously that's an area of interest that we've talked about in the past. I, I shut up. That's an interesting thing to hear because Taylor Kitsch is kind of like poison to everything he's been in. So I'm glad to hear. You know what I mean? No, he. I, I thought. Man, from the clip news clips I've seen of Koresh, I thought he really uh you could tell he did his work uh prepping for that role. His, uh, the weight he lost. Okay. And also, I it, it it officially ended the argument for me that Taylor Kitsch is just like this good-looking dude who really can't act. Yeah. Um I never really thought that cuz I liked Friday is that an night argument Lights. you have with people a lot. Yeah, well, <laughs> three times a week, four times a week, something like that, you know. It's in my Taylor Kitsch fan club um um board. Um but no. Uh, Texas forever. Amen. Clear so anyway, eyes, full hearts, can't lose. We got lots of people in this story threw their hats in the ring to explain this, and uh, there were two kind of, of, of caps that were thrown in the ring. The demonologists and pretty much everyone else uh, on this whole thing. So the demonologists encouraged the supernatural belief in the Smurls, while um, people like clergy, medical professionals, scientists, and John Stamos himself all offered much more mundane and plausible explanations as to what was going on. And we're going to break down all those. Uh, Did you say John Stamos? I did. So though calling demons not plausible, I think it's just what a demon would want, don't you think? Oh, uh, you're playing their game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And those demonologists that we were talking about, they were they were Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. Uh. No one, no one popular. <laughs> <laughs> it's my every time their names are said, that's my exact reaction. Just uh, except for except for Assistant Ray, who is for some reason. Ed and Lorraine Warren bandwagoners. He's like, they were great. I, I don't believe any of the bad things. Yeah. Um, his family has said he was fucking an underage girl. No, I don't, I don't I, he's great. I don't know. Is that I'm, true I, about Ed Warren? Yeah, he was. He, he had an, really? under, an affair with a woman um, that lived with them. They were taking care of her. The life was okay yeah. with it. They were complacent. We'll get into a lot of this, and we have gotten into a lot of this. Um, I just like giving Ray shit because he, he likes the Warrens, and I think they are human feces but that's a a different story so yeah that's can I, uh, go ahead sorry can i just clarify the timeline real fast yeah you had said that in the house it was 1974 to 1989 is, is when this the demon was taking residence is that correct it's when all the the happenings which we're going to break down for you uh mm-hmm. yeah that were happening yeah. okay because that's the almost the exact to the year length of my parents marriage so that's interesting oh. And your parents' Only names Kevin. are Valak and <laughs> right? So, well, Mister and Mrs. <laughs> to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, kids, this week, what? That's what we're going to talk about. What happened to the Smurls? That sounds so funny to say the Smurls. How the Warrens affected the story, and oh, did they? How big of jokes they actually are. See, and now I, that's two times this week. Wow! That I think yeah. you're going to say you agreed with him. Yeah, man. Seabot's bringing truth. Shut your whore mouth. Yeah, so uh, stop clawing his... Oh, damn. Okay. I always bring the truth. It's just a question of whether you are woke enough to accept it or not. That's That's not true. That's not true at all. (laughs) And the other thing we're going to break down is, could this have been a real haunting? That's another one that we're going to break down. All coming up after the break on Hysteria 51. Have mercy.
Bonsoir, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation too. So (laughs) you can, you know, learn how to speak. And you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. (laughs) In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's, they design it for long-term retention, you know, and uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and, there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rachete, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rachete. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to him, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash 
Hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Love the bell. All right, so... Real quick, I want to make an explanation as to what we're going to be saying here. These are the claims that they say. So keep in mind, we're telling this story as they say it happened. That's what we're going to tell you is exactly what they said their experience. So we're not saying that this happened or didn't happen at this point in time. Just wanted to tell you uh, how it happened. And it all started. But of course it happened. Yeah. It all started with a flood. You know, John, you're talking about why you have to, to move out of places. Well, that's a, a pretty good reason. Flood damage forced the Smurls to uproot their family and move because they, they had to get out of there. So Jack and Janet Smurl, their youngest daughters, their young daughters and Jack's parents all moved into a Chase Street duplex in West Pittson, Pennsylvania. So they were each on one side of a duplex. I, I, there's a little background on this. Uh, it turns out Jack wanted to be a football star. <laughs> Was he sucking on a chili dog? Yeah, right outside the Tasty Freeze, <laughs> which is two blocks over, one block up. Yeah, so this place they moved into, it needed some fixing up, but it was a new house and a new start. And they started the process of repairs, you know, uh, painting, etc. And right away, eerie stuff started happening. I dig a demon that doesn't waste time. <laughs> Me too. But That's odd coming from the the probably the most lethargic robot I've ever met. Right. It all started off harmless enough. It didn't just, you know, it kind of ramped up, but they're working on the house and tools went missing and then they would reappear and like, hmm, that's weird. I couldn't find it for a day. And there it is. Um, They painted because there was some stains on the walls and they would reappear kind of like soak through these fresh coats of paint. Then they noticed toilets would flush on their own and pipes leaked on and off. And they're, 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 Chalking a lot of this up to like, well, we got pipe problems. If you have pressure moved through pipes, it can actually make a toilet flush on its own and things like that. And they have some leaks. And then this one was a little bit stranger. This is kind of one of the first like, oh, things is the kitchen appliances caught fire, but they were not plugged in. They were just there getting work done. So maybe not too harmless then starts into that. And, uh, that happens every time I try to make popcorn. Is that abnormal? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't worry about it. It's probably just demonic popcorn. Well, you're using a toaster. That's part of the problem. Uh, <laughs> but they pop out of there. Yeah. <laughs> is, this, is this demon a general contractor? He was. He was okay, in, got it. in hell. <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly, though. He built the six level. I, I did say that they were unplugged. <laughs> it's believed in some circles that demonic entities can affect electrical currents because they affect magnetic fields that are around them. That's something that if you read a lot about uh, demons and demonology, that's something they say. So this is kind of a, uh, a, a kind of a thing that, uh, that starts there. They also say they started hearing footsteps in the house when no one's there, no one's around. Another thing coming from unplugged or not turned on things is music would come from radios. So like a lot of this sounds less like a demon and more like a like a, a, a trifling ghost like uh, you know, demons. I always think of as like, you know, 
<laughs> hovering over you and threatening you with a you know a flaming sword or something this is just the ramp up this is when it's starting it it, it, it progresses uh but it does so and then the other thing is uh, a couple more things they had knocking on doors and walls in patterns of three which they say that's mocking the holy trinity that's something that demons do and then Boy, they are they are cards this demon is a card he is hilarious. <laughs> then they had these terrible odors that would overwhelm the house. People get sick, then boom, they're gone. Moments later, they can't even find the odor. I mean, so, that's just when Ed was dropping it, or when Jack was dropping the deuce. I mean, I think that that's pretty expected, right? Oh, uh, the toilet yeah. flushed on its own, and it smells really bad in the house. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> Brent, I have a question for you. You got it. I, I've got an answer. We'll see if they match. So, so far, everything that you've described doesn't sound dissimilar from living with conspiracy bot. Not that different. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Especially the smell part. But I, I will say this, like going along with what you're saying, shit happens in houses. Floors creak, lights go out, animals die in walls, unfortunately. Like have you ever had like a mouse die in a wall and it smells bad? Yeah. And also everyone's been in a house, walls bleed, hell mouths open. It's all part about being an, an a homeowner. It's just part That's of the true. process. <laughs> I told you I hate home ownership, and it's mainly because of the bloody walls. That's yeah. the that and pipe problems. Just number one. <laughs> then uh, life went on for the Smurls, though. Like this is something that they were. They, you know, it's not terrible, other than maybe a fire here and there. And uh, life is 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 chugging along for him. Uh, they move into this new place, and Jack gets a promotion at work. Uh, he Ooh. starts coaching his daughter's softball team. Mm-hmm. Janet gets preggers because let's bring a baby into this shit. You know, there's stains and fires and stuff. So I want to bring a baby. Also, she helped organize an anti-drunk driving group at the local high school. I don't know if it was mad, but uh, mothers against drunk drivers. But I Janet's, like Janet's against drunk drivers. It's Janet's. Damn it. Damn it, Janet. <laughs> the girls were all doing well in school. And most importantly, if you're married. The in-laws seemed happy. So life's going okay. Everything was going well. A little too well. That was very much needed. And then, just like in every story, shit starts to go downhill fast. Like you said, John, you kind of said this a minute ago. It wasn't that bad. And you can chalk a lot of that up, you know, to whatever. I mean, they didn't even mess with the water pressure in the shower. I, it feels like if if you're not even at water pressure uh, fuckery uh, level, water pressure fuckery level. That's what I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. If uh-huh. you're not even at that level, it's not that bad. <laughs> that's WPFL WPFL water pressure fuckery level, <laughs> which is also the uh, acronym for my football league. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to skip over the water pressure and go straight to what the fuck here real quick. So shit goes downhill. Like I said, money started to become tight. And on top of that, Mary Jack's mother suffered a heart attack. And and so she's sick. Then the activity in the house really starts to intensify. So I told you that those stains would come through the walls. All of a sudden claw marks start showing up on the walls. (laughs) <laughs> they were getting uh, Janet and Jack are getting a little rowdy. <laughs> I mean, we said they made a baby, so you know. Hey. Also, this is one of my favorite parts. They said they saw a pig-like creature in the house. Pig-like creature. Pig-like. 
also man-like and bear-like. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly, Steve. <laughs> man, bear, pig. Yeah, that's what it was. So then it kicks up again, and voices start. So Mary and Janet said they started to hear voices that sounded like each other. So Mary would hear Janet. Janet hit Mary. Uh, Janet thought she heard her mother-in-law calling her name. She'd go, you know, she'd hear her calling her. She'd go into where she heard it from. She's not there. No one's there. Mary thought she heard Janet and Jack screaming and cursing at each other at times. Then she'd go in. They're not home or they're not there. No one's cursing. So they're like, I'm going fucking crazy. Although, although. Any married couple out there knows that even if you're arguing, you don't admit, especially I don't know the what you're talking about. We were just watching uh, Hollywood Squares. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yelling. I've never yelled at your beautiful daughter in my life. Yeah, Bruce Valanche was in the center. I think he was. Yeah, an extra. Was I think just, this is pre Bruce Valanche, yeah, though. This, this was, Paul Lind was in the Paul center. Lind, Thank yeah. you. That was Paul Lind screaming. OK, he was screaming about his <laughs> sweet, sweet kerchief. Kids, I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. <laughs> I love Paul Lynn so much. <laughs> and I want uh, this next thing I'm going to tell you about. They use the term. They said ominous black mass or ominous black masses would start to form and float through the home. I guess as opposed to those mundane, non-ominous ones that we're all used to. <laughs> Friendly, cuddly ones. Yeah, yeah. This one was ominous. So they literally uh-huh. said they would see these masses form and float through the, through walls, through the house. They would see the masses like congeal and come together like out of nothing? Yeah, like just like come together or show up. I don't know if they'd saw right congeal. Okay. Ovaries. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then Janet had something fucked up, which we've actually talked of before, because it's something that uh, the Warrens have claimed has happened in other cases with people. She said she was molested in her sleep by an unseen force. Fuck that. You know, uh, the raping of people as they sleep by this demon. What story was it, Brent? (laughs) That the guy (laughs) said he was was sodomized. sodomized. And then his wife goes, me too. <laughs> Just all Monday. Was that uh was the person who made that claim was it the wife or one of the kids? It's the wife made oh, this okay. claim. So then Jack said he heard a young woman whispering while he was in bed and when he turned to face his wife to see what's going on, he watched what he described as a shadowy figure kind of like one of those ominous black ones, but this was a figure run up her leg. Then he goes and then things got worse. <laughs> oh, now things got yeah. worse? Okay. And I got to say this, and I, I think that most people would agree. Physical shit like that, if it's true, has to be the scariest shit of all. If it keeps happening and you're getting physically touched and scratched and the walls are scratched and you're being uh, almost attacked. And his wife was physically, she was raped. I mean, there's no other way to put that. It's what she she claims. Right. Happened. I mean, if that's true, that that's the definition of. Then a light fixture, as they're just sitting there, falls from the ceiling. It cuts one of their daughters on impact. Now, I've literally had that happen. A light fixture just fall off the ceiling. Like that. No that, shit. Oh yeah, that kind of stuff happens pretty frequently, right. especially those light fi- fixtures that you kind of keep. Uh, you keep the fascia or the 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 thing that the the bulb that's on the outside of the actual light bulbs. Mm-hmm. You keep it in place with those little screws that you turn. Uh, nobody ever tightens those enough, 
And then, you know, vibrations from trucks going by and whatever. Eventually, one day you're walking along, it falls and bonks you in the head. I mean, that's Sorry, that's John. Uh, that explanation did not check out with me. I didn't hear anything about demons. Yeah, the Warrens, the Warrens would not like that. You know, Kevin was present one time when I uh, was doing an impersonation of Pete Townsend from The Who and oh, broke yeah. a light fixture with my hand and cut my hand open. Yep. Well, that's just a learning experience right there. It was. It was a good, good. Ex- I never impersonated, uh, you know, a uh, rock figure from the 60s under light fixtures again. Well, except for Keith Moon. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't count. Everyone knows Keith Moon doesn't count. Guys, I think we can all agree, though. The next thing is when this fucking thing crossed the line, if we're to believe it. The family dog was picked up and thrown across the room into a wall. Whoa. Not yeah. Wolfie. <laughs> Wolfie. <laughs> Janice said she was picked up by an invisible presence also hung about six feet in the air and then uh-huh. thrown across the room because she's like I'm not going to let the dog get all the, the fucking gusto here why did she get that, that little freeze frame there she was hung in the air and then thrown I think that, that just makes it um, you know a little more jarring especially if people freeze frame. I think it's the, the ante was being upped yeah, right. Mm. Well, and speaking of up in the ante and making things fair, Jack claimed a succubus entered the room and raped him while he was trying to watch a goddamn baseball game. There is a time and place for everything, but that shit is not during MLB. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, uh, that's the third time <laughs> I've agreed with Seabot this episode. Don't interrupt baseball. On a side note, you, you just see like the you see the narrative escalating for them you know what i mean as far as like well i think we might need to do something bigger this time well i love that like the wife gets raped and he's like huh then the dad gets raped and he's like god damn it we're gonna do something about this (laughs) because that was kind of the, the straw that broke the camel's back can i offer an alternative theory here i'm not saying this all didn't happen but for this one particular bullet point about a succubus yeah honey succubus came on in i was just sitting here watching the game having a beer that's all i was doing and she raped me as opposed to (laughs) uh um you smell like another woman uh you've obviously had sex with someone what happened uh i I was watching the game i i don't know i the weirdest thing yeah succubi they have glitter on them i did not know that janet i did not know that but i i've learned and now i'll grow We've all learned from this. I, you know, and I didn't realize, uh, I think I missed what was happening during the baseball game. Yeah, uh, I don't agree with Seabot. Thank you. <laughs> well, they, they even got the neighbors involved a little bit. The neighbors said that they reported hearing screams coming from the house while the family was not home, or at least the family said they weren't home. And that after that and the, the, the raving of the dad, they said they'd reached their breaking point. So they reached out to the Catholic Church for an exorcism. They actually said that they asked them to come in and do an exorcism, but they were denied. So they went elsewhere. John, let's talk about, why don't you tell us where they went, who they talked to, and give us some backstory on those fine uh, or not fine people. Yeah, you know, they went to the harbingers of all truth. The Warrens. <laughs> if you've listened to the catalog of this show, they they have popped up uh, probably more than any other folks as it relates to hauntings and ghosts and spirits and demons. 
uh, because they involved themselves in almost every story available <laughs> regarding those things over a 20 to 30 year period. I'll come in and help you for free. You you don't mind if I use the book rights, do you? <laughs> and film and uh yeah, anyway so uh, uh uh some but just in case you haven't listened to those ep- episodes we'll give you a quick backstory on them they are paranormal investigators and authors uh ed was a world war ii united states navy veteran and a former police officer who became a pay attention to this word here self-taught and self-professed demonologist author and lecturer ed what are you teaching yourself demonology <laughs> okay so you're, saying that you're saying there wasn't a course of study at the university for that uh sally struthers has a correspondence school that does a very good job on this you're, you're teaching yourself demonology but you're just sitting there with a bottle of cheap bourbon shut your mouth devil woman demons hate cheap bourbon <laughs> at least it's not dianetics <laughs> it's true uh so uh lorraine on the other hand uh, she actually wouldn't have questioned him because she professed to be a clairvoyant and a light trance medium who worked really closely with with her husband they were arm in arm uh, uh and supported each other she was a light medium though you're saying she didn't have like the full thing light trance medium means like they go into like a light trance where they're like they're like in a trance but you can still interact with them oh, instead okay. of like going completely under uh, into a trance um, gotcha all right thank you for the the trans trance lesson it's <laughs> like when you take that first hit off of a bowl uh before you're really stoned that that's essentially the same thing <laughs> oh okay yeah. yep uh, in 1952, the Warrens founded the New England Society for Psychic Research, the oldest ghost hunting group in New England. Yeah. Uh, and who doesn't want that on their stationery? That must be how they got the naming rights. It's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, they authored numerous books about uh, the paranormal and about their private investigations uh, into various reports of paranormal activity like this and like so many of the other movies that you've seen well, based how, on their, their How many books, did they you know. investigate, John? <laughs> Over... Ten, well, they claim over 10,000 cases over the course of their career. Uh, uh, th- their stories have been that's someone what they worked say. out to like they would have to have been like literally sitting at home. Here's a case not interested, but we investigated. Here's a case not interested. But yeah, we, we did the math on how often it, it was. It was an insane amount of cases like a week. Uh, um, what they did is they investigated everyone that Wilt Chamberlain claimed to have had sex with. <laughs> 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 um, but you know as as brent mentioned uh their stuff has been used a lot uh it, it their books their stories have been adapted for used directly inspired indirectly inspired dozens of films lots of television shows documentaries other books 17 total films just about amityville yeah so question gentlemen so uh, the warrens do you think a similar question? What we've asked to other um, similar type figures, true believers or just con artists that know they're going to be able to. We'll, we'll get into this a little bit more, but uh, I am 100 percent believe they're con artists. Grifters, 100 percent. Yep, same here. That doesn't mean that everybody they were involved with over the years were also trying a con. No, I, I think that. that they 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 used people's misfortune or or misunderstanding of situations or maybe even you could make the argument for real hauntings uh at their own to to behoove themselves to to prop themselves up to make themselves the center of things and to profit off of it and there there are lots of allegations to that uh, to that tune i mean there there are allegations that they made entire stories up 
that they they lied to children that they profited and off the of children other have came forward and said they told me don't you you don't want mommy and daddy to be called liars so why don't you just yeah, say that exactly. this happened and stuff like that i mean there are even allegations guys of sexual abuse i mean yeah. it's there, there's some there's some hardcore shit so long story short they suck uh they are they are not they are not the characters you see in those Conjuring movies. Which I am uh, a fan of the Conjuring movies, and they are badasses in those I, movies. I have to say, I just watched the first Conjuring movie maybe two or three weeks ago. That's a solid, that's a good movie. Yeah. Is that the one where, is that where Va- Valak came from? Yeah, so they start, it's been the long run of this, this demon is, um, uh, uh, and then it, it like goes into her. the nun, right? Right. The the nun. That's a bad movie. And Annabelle and all those, they're all in the same universe, the Conjuring universe. <laughs> the the uh, uh the CEU the Conjuring yeah, Extended yeah. Universe, but you, seriously though, you have this family that that is saying they need help, and these are the name among names. So they reach out to them for help, and of course they came and inspected the house. And what they say, John? Uh, they say that the Smurls were living with not one but four spirits. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah. let's break this down for you. There was a there's a harmless elderly woman living there. There's a young and, and a possible but possibly violent girl living there. There's a man who suffered and died in the home also living there. And then last but not least, a demon that used the other three spirits to destroy the Smurls. So how did they come to this evidence? So she's the, the light trans medium. So she says that she's able to commune to see these things and to see what's actually going on because she could uh, go into this, you know, this trance and, and find out. And the other thing, if you've seen the Conjuring movies... They actually explore, you know, what she says she's doing or how she's seeing these things. And it feels a lot like the infield story rehashed a bit where they had the, the old man's ghost was there, but he was actually being trapped there by a demon. Oh, yeah. Sitting in that chair. Yeah. yeah. So he wasn't actually the demon was just using him and he was there was nothing wrong with that dude. He was just a poor dead soul that was stuck there. So, though. They get a hold of them. They're going to come in. They tell them, hey, you got these four fucking, well, three ghosts and a demon, which is a hell of a band name. That was actually uh, the sequel to uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> no, Three Men and a Little Lady. Oh. <laughs> People don't know this. They think of Three Men and a Baby, Three Men and a Little Lady as, as just a, a movie and a sequel. It was actually a trilogy, and, and the final one was... Uh, Free spirits and a demon. Yeah, well, they were they were dropping hints because everyone knows there was that dead body in uh, Three Men and a Baby. That was that old. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot that about was that. I mean, yeah. we've all heard the allegations that Tom Selleck is a demon. I mean, who hasn't heard that? I mean, look at that mustache. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I dare you to stand in the bathroom and say his name into a mirror five times. <laughs> <laughs> And you I come out and you got this huge stash and you didn't even, you're like, whoa. <laughs> Magnum. All right. So they get to work. The Warrens are not going to fuck around and group prayers are done. And of course, Ed is a self-taught demonologist. So he goes <laughs> fucking exercising and he gets, he does some exorcisms, but the shit keeps happening. So they decided they needed real help outside of that. So they go public to get help or maybe at the, the, um, uh, the coercing of the the Warrens so that they can get a little bit more money off of this story. And that kind of backfired because 
the press latched onto this whole story and they made their life kind of hell. You had people camping out in front of their house. Reporters were there constantly. They're, they're filming outside of the house, everything they do. Cars are stopped and, and they're, they're staring at the house. It was a legitimate media circus at this time. Though the funny part is like, you th- think about this. If you're getting raped by demons mm-hmm. and thrown across the room, are you really that concerned about some folks camping out on your front lawn? Get off my lawn! <laughs> Get off my lawn! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are degrees of annoyance, and I, I just feel like these are in two different ballparks. Hey, do you guys want to bring those cameras inside? Because I'm literally getting fisted by Casper over here. <laughs> <laughs> the not-so-friendly ghost. That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Shit happens sometimes. That's all I can say. Was this in the eighties by this point, Brent? Yeah, when yes. the warrants so, came in, right? So yeah, and fuck this. The Roman Catholic Church in Scranton didn't say we think, but they did send some representatives in because this whole media frenzy uh, started happening, and multiple priests visited the Smurls to bless the home. That's like one of the first steps they do, and you you call for help. They go, okay, we'll come bless it, and. Uh, they said that they found no harmful activity while on the property. They didn't sense anything or feel anything. In- Little known fact, uh, you mentioned they said they came to bless this house. All of those suburban white woman houses that have the big um, uh, um, mats, foot yeah. mats, uh, or doormats that, uh, that say bless this house, mm-hmm. those are all to keep the demons away. Yeah. Uh, and if you're really funky, you have one that says bless this house and those that enter, but may they none stay for dinner. <laughs> that just keeps the bad guys out that's all that is so well you got to understand these priests were not like trans mediums and self-taught demonologists so what do they know right 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 well in fact going along with that in 86 a priest stayed in the house for a few days hoping to witness the demonic forces firsthand i like to think he's like yeah bring it on Nothing happened, and after two nights, he just left. He's like, there is nothing going on in this house. He's like Joe Don Baker in the Cape Fear remake. He's just it's sitting Joe there Don drinking, Baker. just drinking Jim Beam and, and uh, Pepto-Bismol waiting for the demon. <laughs> nothing happened, but he's like, but I could swear I heard those two just yelling at each other in the other room. Right. That was lifetime television. That was not us. It was the that demon. Was, it was the demon. <laughs> And boy, that guy likes to watch baseball. I don't know. <laughs> the priest cheeses it. He's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. And he gets out of there. Nothing happens. And so in 87, one year later, they're like, we're exhausted. We're sick of this. They pack up and they move. They leave the house. They leave the Good duplex. Call. Well, <laughs> you'd think so. But guess what? Yeah. Uh, uh, the new house was not clean. That shit followed them. And finally... They, they, they're they telling everyone, fuck, man, we, we left. It, it's with us. It's not just the house. Finally, they said a church-sanctioned exorcism in 1989 cleaned the house uh, of all of its activity. So I guess what they're saying is never send a warren to do a priest's job kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're saying the warrens didn't fix it, huh? No, they did not. What? And finally. You're kidding. The warrens probably were doing it quietly. They probably really fixed it, right? Now, the thing that's funny you say that because it ties into this. These are what they said, these stories. Like I said, they said the church sent in and did an exorcism and it fixed it and all that stuff. So I guess the big question is, you know, were the experiences legitimate or was it all a fabrication? 
only the Smurls truly know, and maybe the Warrens or, or, or something, but still, whether uh, you're a, a spiritualist or a skeptic, one can't deny that it's a strange tale. It's a weird story, you know, and um, especially when stuff like this goes out in the open and, and kind of grabs the, the world's attention. And that is the end of it, as they say. So we're going to go to break, but we told you what they say happened. The haunting part, at least. When we come back, what was the aftermath? Was it true or was it a lie? We're going to try to answer that. And uh, we're going to get your guys' thoughts on it. That's all coming up after the break on Hysteria 51. Man, I can't wait. So, Brent, we are back. We are talking about the Smurl hauntings. Um, you gave us a good rundown of, of what the Warrens and the, the Smurls say happened. Um, but did it? Did things like that happen? Right. That's a big question, right? Yeah. Yeah. The shit show that hauntings cause, I think, is the big thing. You know, it. Uh, they definitely have a big impact on, on the un, at least people say they do. Um, on people's lives. And I think you can even unpack that further, John, to say maybe there's a few paths. There's, did it happen? Was it fabricated? Or was it a product of real strong belief and then confirmation bias of people just wanting to see things that they thought were there? Yeah, I, I mean, certainly with, with uh, some of the occurrences, you could definitely argue that it could be something a bit more mundane and that, you know, confirmation bias makes you think it was something else. You know, like... Like getting raped by a ghost. I mean, who hasn't had something like that happen? And, it, and you're not sure which direction it went. You know, was it consensual? You, you know, we're, we're, we're breaking this down, but everyone's kind of broke this down. Like, proclaimed experts, priests, television producers, journalists, ghost hunters, shoddily built robots, John Stamos. They've all scrutinized this, <laughs> this story of the Smurls to one extent or another. Hell, even the Warrens themselves, along with uh, that journalist guy, Robert Curran, they tackled the case in their book, The Haunted, One Family's Nightmare. Um, now, you know, like we said, possibly cashing in or something like that. Um, uh, for better or worse, that was also uh, made into, like we said, a made-for-TV movie. And guess what? Reviewers regarded the book <laughs> as one-sided. Um, yeah, skeptics who saw rational explanations behind the otherworldly claims of the Smurl family. That's a quote. Um, other than forced ghost sex and and floating hurling across the room, which you know, <laughs> exactly exactly that's, that's a little bit maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> other than those things, yeah. But that, <laughs> other than that, how is the play, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> right. Well, and there is an easy explanation for that. People say it was a lie, or it wasn't a lie, and we're going to get into what it could have been outside of that. Um, also, other owners of the Chase Street duplex say nothing. Or the other houses they lived in say nothing has ever happened in those places. Well, that is the one thing about polarizing claims like being raped by a ghost or thrown across a room. There's no mistaking what happened there, right? I, I, we're, we're joking around, but either those things happened or they didn't. Well, so you're either yeah. in on the you're either in on the con or you're not. You can't. Uh, JT, to your earlier point, where like confirmation bias. There's no you don't get floated up six feet in the air and thrown across the room and go. Huh, Maybe I slipped. Agreed. But 
but I guess what I'm saying is it's a complex onion in the respect that if one person really strongly believes that these things are happening, uh, and I'm not saying that that they the other people believe that they actually experience that, but the the intention may be we need to support dad's story. This is real. Dad believes this. We need to give this value. You know I mean, which is kind of a con, but it may be a con that's less financial in nature and more we need for people to believe dad's story because we believe dad's story i completely agree with that and there actually is one other side to this when they did the investigations there is another side jt that that um and some will get kind of you weighing in on but it's something that people have talked about so this guy paul kurtz he had a team of of scientists and investigators to look into the claims to try to actually get down to it you know the nitty-gritty of what could have happened and the team concluded that it could have been a case of mass hysteria brought on by stress. And there's there's reasons for that, that maybe they weren't making it up, but it was like this hysteria that what you say is when one person says it, then they all kind of, uh, they almost remember it themselves kind of thing. Yeah. So Kurtz believed the hauntings uh, were a hoax for a few reasons, including conflicting reports from the, the teenage daughters um and jack's health so jack he had a brain surgery uh three years before the incidents to relieve water on the brain which can actually cause delusions uh and he was one of the ones who said he had delusions and saw or not delusions but saw things in the house so that is one thing it's it's the reason in fact that he did not become a football star (laughs) yeah and 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 to talk about hydrocephalus i'd like to talk about that a little bit because we have i have a decent amount of experience with that at the hospital so the way that's treated now is with, with what's called a VP shunt, which is essentially where you um, there's a device that goes into the head that connects to a tube in t- inside of the body that the physician can adjust to essentially wick away uh, the water on the brain, the hydrocephalus. So I'm doubting, I don't know, but I'm doubting in the 80s and 70s that they necessarily had that device. No, I think they just went in and removed the water. Yeah. And then it just comes back. If you don't have a VP shunt, it just oftentimes will continue to come back. That's why they needed to create an indwelling uh, way in which to have suction for that. Um, So I really wonder if he wasn't experiencing symptoms secondary to hydrocephalus that again, became like you said, a mass hysteria where other family members felt like they needed to uh, protect their dad from, uh, you know, from the skeptics. Right. And, well, and this isn't something that was just thrown out willy nilly. There's a psychologist, Robert Gordon. He brought up that idea. They were talking about this mass hysteria. He actually compared it to the happenings at the Salem witch hunts and trials, you know, yep. where like this one person says something and everyone goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, then you um, don't even let know. Let me ask a question here. Let me ask a question. How does this fit into the timeline though? Like, he he actually didn't start claiming some of the you know the raping by the ghost and all of that until after the woman had claimed that she was thrown against the wall that she had been raped in her sleep that the what Janet said all of this first so I mean I get the water on the brain thing but like the there there takes two to right. tango in this story right no you're right they're just saying I think these are just people trying to come up with ideas of how it could be true not saying that that, that absolutely could be. He also said shared tension might cause us, you know, um, common symptoms could involve delusions and hallucinations when you have tension, like you are 
arguing with people, you don't have money, you know, your children could be sick or your husband's sick, things like that. You're living next to your in-laws and they have weird things. And to try to get to the bottom of it, though, Paul Kurtz actually asked the Smurls to undergo. uh, He wanted to have a comprehensive psychological and physiological evaluation done on them, and they they fully refused. They would not do it. Um, some might say that's telling. Some might say no. If we go, you know, they just want to be like, go fuck yourself. We know what we experienced. Uh, it can go either way. Then, kind of breaking down some of the individual things that I talked about, like that foul stench that was emanating. They said that would be there and not be there. Well, they said it was probably due to the cracked sewer pipe right outside of their home, and the neighbor, oh. the neighbor, literally had kept complaining about it to the town as the smell would come and go. And it was something that hadn't been uh, fixed for quite some time. So there is one very strong example. Yeah. Uh, the other thing. So we, uh, I don't even know if I said this, but you know, you, John, you talked about things like light fixtures falling. They would say that chairs would rock. They would hear creaks or what they thought was footsteps. The house is on a mine and uh, old mine shafts and they settle. They cause cracks or scratches in walls, chairs to rock, things to fall off the ceiling etc so i've i've actually experienced this your house was definitely on a mine yeah yeah the house i grew up in from the time i was about nine until i was about 17 um experienced mine subsidence in central illinois and if you're not familiar with mine subsidence you know like a mile underground there are all these like coal mines that nobody ever mapped because it was like the middle of the 1800s and they were just abandoned and then eventually the the eventually the mines cave in and a mile underground or whatever it is i don't know i'm probably not a mile, whatever it is, uh, hundreds of feet underground yeah. turns into maybe a foot on the surface. But a foot, moving your house a foot, a direction one way or the other, is not It's not good for the structure. Yeah. I mean, when I lived there, like we, yeah, cracks developed in the walls. It ruined your pool. Uh, it ruined the pool. Yeah. Uh, the pool, pool had huge cracks in it, wouldn't hold water. Um, you know, basement leaked. Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff because I mean, th- when you shift a concrete foundation that much, bad shit's gonna happen. When you shift walls that are in one place to another place, bad shit's gonna happen. And and the blood just comes right down. And the, yeah, you know the bleeding <laughs> scratches. Well, the, the the three knocks just could be wall settling, you know, or popping things right, like that. Right. So yeah, I mean that uh, boy, mind subsidence is uh, is the real deal, yeah. and it will screw shit up. So I was doing some research on this, and there's a Dakota Past is a, a a site that did a lot of uh, research on this, and I wanted to share a little excerpt from there. They stated in their research, Kurtz noted the possibility that financial gain could have caused the hoax as well. Within days no. of the story about the alleged haunting making national news, a witness allegedly saw Jack negotiating with Scranton businessman Ralph Loma, head of the Star Group, a Hollywood production company. Jack initially denied this, but Loma confirmed he tried to get exclusive rights to the story about the case in November. St. Martin's Press proclaimed that it signed a book contract with the Smurls also, so... That's a little telling, especially because he's like, that didn't happen. And then the dude's like, yeah, it did. I had a fucking meeting with you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, coffee like three days ago. Don't you remember? Right. <laughs> and then not not to get away from the true heroes of this story. Back to old Eduardo Warren. Uh, in attempting to defend his refusal to allow the CSI team to investigate the Smurl home. This is the, you know, the Curtis team that's looking into this. 
Um, he called a press conference and he claimed he had tapes of terrifying sounds and videotape of a dark form in the duplex. Uh, he didn't want them going in there and messing with stuff. Great. You got this, this tactile evidence. When someone asked for all this evidence, he couldn't remember the name of the TV company, which he'd given the tapes to. So those are lost. But he also said the Catholic church, uh, had copies of all the evidence. So of course, they reached out to the Catholic Church, and they said that they don't well, nor have they ever had any of that. Mm-hmm. No, no, I got to say, uh, there are very few times in life where you look at history and you go, "Let's take the side of the Catholic Church." Uh, they've had some. They've had a bad very couple, few times. Uh, they've had a couple, bad couple hundred or thousand year run. Uh, this is one Name of them. I think I'm going to believe fucking the- thing they've done wrong. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I'll do your side. I'll do your side. Yeah, it's just a, But like, you know, if it's them if it's them versus the Warrens, I'm like, yeah, I'm going with the church here. Yeah, right. Wow, which really says a lot about the credibility of the Warrens. Amen, <laughs> right? Yeah. Also the Scranton uh Catholic Diocese did investigate the house as well. They mm-hmm. actually eventually did. Uh Father Traveled was uh their representative and for a time he stated that he worked with the Warrens until he discovered, and this is a quote from him, they weren't sincere, were not what they purported to be, and were given to sensationalizing. He chuckled when explaining that when he went to one of their lectures, they saw him and toned down their act, so he wore disguises when he went to future ones, and they were just all over the fucking place. But, and there's a big but in that, the priest did believe that something occurred in the house. He just can't say if it was demonic or not. That is stemming from the fact that he believed the family. That's a strong comment from the the priest, but there is just so much other evidence that kind of leads yeah. to, um, I don't know. So let's, let's take this time. What do you guys think? Kevin, do you think yeah. it was all made up? Or would, did they actually experience something? And if they did experience something, do you think it was actually demonic or ghostly? Uh, no, I don't believe it was demonic or ghostly if they did experience something. I think something that we talked about earlier in the episode that really resonates in my mind is, um, as we've kind of unpacked a little bit, is that the Warrens, you know, we're, we're positing they're 100% con artists. And to me, that's almost harder to grasp than the idea of a demon possession. Because how somebody... Uh, could bilk so many families uh, and, and people who, whether or not we believe them, maybe were feeling that they were going through something horrendous. And then here comes this couple that comes in and they're like, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. And they just live on the fear and tension of these people. That, to me, is is one of the real horror stories here. Mic drop. Preying on other people for one reason or another is yeah. a very gross thing to see happen or to hear about or anything like that. Um, uh, yeah, and you have people like this that I think that was their bread and butter under the guise of we're here to help. And maybe it did Ugh. start out that they believed in themselves and then money took over it. Or going back to what I said about Ray, I was just giving Ray shit earlier. I <laughs> cause I like giving him shit about the Warrens. Um, because I have such a strong feeling about them uh, for one one thing or another. JT, uh, or I'm sorry, JTR, <laughs> where, are you, where are you at in this whole uh, thought process? You know, um, so when it comes to the supernatural in general, 
over as an overarching concept, I approach it with strong skepticism, but also a carve out for the potential of not understanding things that are beyond me that maybe mm-hmm. someday could be defined by science, but aren't now. With that being said, I feel really strongly this is this is not legit. I feel really strongly this is either, um, like we talked about earlier, either a um, you know for organic brain matter reasons or for mental health reasons, a disturbed individual who essentially brought others into his delusion with him, uh, and then con artists that came and exploited them, or maybe it was a big con from the get. But I tend to think this was probably people that were true believers that weren't, they were just running fully on emotion as opposed to rationally dissecting what they're experiencing. Um, and then uh, a pair of vultures that came to make money off of it would be my guess. John? Uh, well, going back to the Catholic Church, they, um, the Catholic Church has a long history of investigating these type of things to see if an exorcism is seriously investigating and seriously investigating. Uh They've got exorcists on staff until there was public pressure from just so much media coverage. They didn't even want to investigate this one. And that says a lot to me because, you know, we make the jokes about the Catholic church. Obviously they've got some, uh, they've had some uh, bad moments (laughs) to say the least. And you know, all of the, all the cover-ups with the priests who did horrible things. But I mean, it's not like the entire religion is bad. You know, there's a lot of great people doing great things inside the Catholic Church and the Catholic community all day, every day, and has been for centuries. And I just the fact that they wouldn't investigate it says so much to me. Uh, that's where I start. And then I look at the rest of it. The fact that the Warrens are involved isn't great. Uh, but most importantly, I look at Jack and Janet. This isn't a series of occurrences that are unexplainable, but that you could, uh, or, or that feel to them unexplainable, but it's just like, Hey, it happened. I don't know what to tell you. These are very specific actions. I was six feet in the air and thrown across the room. Right. Uh, and I, so to me, perhaps the kids weren't in on it. Perhaps the mother-in-law wasn't in on it, but I think Jack and Janet, uh, were, were, were grifters right along with the Warrens and, you know, they made good bedfellows together. That's, that's my take. That's an interesting look. And and you can make the excuse too. Let's, let's, let's say that they were a hundred percent, experiencing things. I don't downplay someone for contacting the Warrens, especially then because they were the people that you were known to turn to. Mm -hmm. It's easier to look at it now and go, "Ugh, the Warrens were involved. But if you are suffering from something and people don't want to believe you and you have someone that says, I will believe you and I will help you. That's a powerful statement. And so I, I don't downplay them for that, but I agree with you, John. I think that, um, a lot of the things that if they say were happening could have maybe started out happening and they can be explained. And then I think they started to embellish, like you said. Um, I can't say for sure because I wasn't there. That's just my opinion, uh, as always. But uh, this one stinks a little bit to me. I actually can say for sure I was there. <laughs> yeah, right. With you. He was in the other room going, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> We, we, I wonder if Seabot could actually make walls bleed. <laughs> he can make ears bleed. Just listen to <laughs> well, that's true for sure. Yeah. 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 
All right, so kids, that's our thoughts. What are yours? What are your thoughts on the Warrens? Are we way off base? And you can tell us, read this and that and the other, and you're going to change your opinion. I'd love to to hear some thoughts on the Warrens and the Smurl case and the movies. Don't forget, you know, like I said, in 91, Fox made that, that movie, The Haunted, starring Jeffrey DeMunn and Sally Kirkland. And we can see the Warrens and all the Conjurings. And guess what? The Conjuring 3 that's going to be coming out, it's the Smurls. They're going to cover this case. So that's kind of an exciting thing. Uh, And if you can forget how terrible I think the the Warrens are, the Conjuring movies are a lot of fun. They are well done, well acted, and just um, just yeah. I like that. Uh, Who's the Who's the guy that plays Ed? Um, Yeah, he's in a lot of. He was uh, Tom. Tom is not Tom Selleck. That that is incorrect. Uh, I like him as an actor. Uh, I'm trying to think of Patrick Wilson. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Patrick Wilson. Yeah, he's he's good. And um, is he related to Luke and Owen? I don't uh, think so. I don't believe so. Uh, Vera Farminga, the his wife, uh, and she's gorgeous. Man, she's yeah, she's the. They're both really good actors. So yeah, check them out if you haven't watched and The Conjuring and The Nun and and all the others. The um, what's the uh, Annabelle? And uh, Annabelle Returns and Annabelle 2, Breaking Boogaloo. And there's a bunch of, you know, <laughs> all those movies in the, in the universe. So Yeah, they have like, it's like eight films or something that are all tied in. I dig that they're not all about the Warrens or there's right. the backstory or something. I also dug that Amityville was just like the first opening scene in in one of the movies and they didn't even go down the, the Amityville because, I'm you know, it's been so overdone and stuff. So. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. John, how can they get a hold of us to tell us their thoughts? I think the easiest way would be to jump on our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log into Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Yeah, and also while you're on Facebook, check out Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That is our Facebook page where you can find this and all sorts of other stuff. Go tweet to us at Hysteria51pod. Patreon, Patreon.com slash Hysteria51. You can get t-shirts and pins and posters i'm actually working on a new set of pins that are going to be available for people you know the little buttons pin i, I call them pins some people call them buttons tchotchkes and swag and stuff like that we're gonna have just don't call them late for dinner no! <laughs> god damn it if you forget, forget any of this stuff just go to hysteria51.com Guests, guys, thank you so much. Kevin, it's always um, just not a pleasure. Maybe for you, but no, not for us. No, nothing is a pleasure for me. <laughs> He's like Mr. Meeseeks. His existence is pain. <laughs> and if you push a button on the box, he comes out. Kill so me! <laughs> oh, John, you'll, you'll get this. I was reading this story about, so you know the Council of Ricks is based on the Council of Reeds from Marvel. So Reed Richards is the smartest human in the Marvel universe. He's smarter than, you know. And so all the Council of Reeds is is just exactly like the Council of Ricks. A lot of them have left their, it's outside of time and space, and it's thousands of Reeds, most of which the vast majority has their universe's Infinity Gauntlet. And they do science and all these things. And it was, they were comparing it to the Council of Ricks and they go, granted, Reed Richards is the smartest man and he has, you know, thousands upon thousands of them all have their own infinity gauntlet. But 
they are going up against Rick Sanchez, so we'll call it a draw 50 <laughs> 50. As far as like <laughs> who would win if they, they went to battle. <laughs> We'll call it a draw. So yeah, I just watched the uh, season finale. It was great. I did too. I did too. It was a lot of fun. Little uh, uh, Beth action, uh, daughter action in that one. Clones. Oh, she's yeah, she's great. And I, I just man, Easter eggs they put in that show. Just little like every throwaway little comment that is actually not throwaway at all and references something else. You're running. It's, you're running the the season premiere. God damn it! You know, like shoot stupid shit too. <laughs> like that makes it real meta and just breaking the fourth. Oh, wall. Oh yeah, and break down the fourth wall. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And also great reading because it's fundamental. There's a transition for you. Oh, JT <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Brown and his, his, uh, trilogy of books on the human sexuality. I think we've left that part out. <laughs> it's not, it's not about human sexuality. I don't want to be clear. Uh, it's, uh, demon it's, sexuality. There is one in the first, in the first book. You're right. There is. So there's that. If that's what you're, if that's what you're after, that's in the charlatans. You damn right. I am. <laughs> Jeez. C-bot, C-bot, C-bot. All right. So kids, that's been our thoughts on the Smurls, the Warrens and all the hauntings. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been Kevin. I've been JTR. <laughs> I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.